five, four, three, two, one. All right. And we're live. And we're live. Um, we're somewhat live. <laughs> um, again, those of you who are uh, true fans of the podcast and watch it on YouTube are going to remember the weekly update from... I don't know what it'll be at this point. A Probably week or a week two or weeks two, ago, or, yeah, where there's that hellish red, pink, red yeah. pink thing behind us. Well, yeah, whatever. Keep it up. It's, it's now um, just to block out the light. We're technically us. filming it on the same day, so that's why it's up there. But yeah. it's just to block out some light. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I was I was inspired. I inspired myself. Well, to you do were this you were inspired by a really by a, a, a good comment, a good comment, or a good question someone yeah. DM'd you. Yeah. Uh, is there any way we could shout them yes. out or no? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, just let me pull it up on Instagram. So um, he asked a question that we addressed in um, a pre a previous weekly update. Um, it's at the top. But this is from um, Fire Medic Goulding Eleven. He asked the question about um, said. The podcasts are amazing, man. I love them. Question for you for the podcast or not? Well, it's now inspiring two podcasts. Yeah. How how do you overcome fishing for hours with no bite or hit? How do you keep yourself focused and in tune with what's happening? So we answered that question in the in a previous weekly update. Yes. But it inspired a, um, a I guess I should say a train of thought where mm-hmm. that you thought was really important. Yeah. So I I I yeah because we were um talking about um okay I was thinking back to what was the hardest time in my fishing like uh, like career upbringing, yeah. upbringing for me um as far as like trying to break through catching like from catching like one or two keepers a year and that being like the highlight of the season mm-hmm. to catching keepers to 40 pound bass consistently yeah um and if i catch a keeper i just reel it in quickly and unhook it and throw it back in the water yeah like, super like fast. how did you make that transition yeah exactly yeah. like for like a keeper to be a schoolie yeah, and that that's like something that I would have never said a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. Literally, never yeah. said that a year or two ago. Yeah, um, I would have been like, because how many keepers did we catch? We probably caught eight keepers last year. Yeah, um, or like I did myself. Yeah, and that was it, really. Yeah. And I caught one giant one at the canal, but that doesn't really count. Yeah. Um, so in my opinion, um, uh, it's like it's one of those things that's, uh, the hardest thing to do as. A fisherman is to go from catching small bass to catching really large bass consistently but it is the progression of it yeah it can be increased but it's also very difficult because um for me at least i had to go i had to teach myself how to do it and mm-hmm. um, we talked about in the um getting hooked podcast mm-hmm. which is the first podcast about how i used social media a lot to um help my help figure out and piece together how I need to fish my location and area. So, um, I, and that increased my like ability to catch big fish, like, like indefinitely. It was crazy. But, um, the hardest part for me was that there's a lot of videos out there and a lot of articles out there about how to fish all these different places along the coast. Mm -hmm. And there were none that were talking about how to fish my area. Mm -hmm. Um, and I talked about in the last podcast, how there's two guys maybe um, that are somewhat of an online presence and have written in articles and whatnot and that are um, they around. figured it out. They yeah. figured it out and they are around here and they're incredible fishermen mm-hmm. and they fish in the same areas that I fish and um, I I use and they and they made videos but they didn't make like instructional videos about how to fish an area or they. And unless and they talked a little about in articles about fishing this area, which I didn't really use because a lot of it was more like sandy beach fishing, mm-hmm. which is not how I like to fish because I think it's super inconsistent on depending on the year and the weather. Yeah. Um, but I guess I can get into that a little bit. Is structure is what I'm trying to segue into. Yeah. Structure is um but king. Yeah, is king. But do you wanna do you wanna organize this just in a way that's easy to follow in the fact that like do we want to just start like hypothetically like from the very beginning you know what i mean like from right. the very beginning yeah i'm okay. like imagine imagine like I'm, I'm coming up to you yes. as somebody who's like 
not a beginner. Yes. I've I've got like some, I got a couple rods or whatever. I've yeah. got like you know maybe a, a maybe pen a, battle, a, a pen battle, maybe yep. some 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 you know the well known plugs or yeah. whatnot. Um, but I don't know much, and I've been yeah. catching a lot of schoolies and you, like you said, maybe three or four keepers a year for yeah. sure. That kind of deal. Yeah. Like, what are your? If I was to come to you and say I want to catch big fish like you, what are your? What's the progression you go through? Like, do you start looking at gear updates? Do you start talking about like what are the techniques that kind of thing? Yeah. And I never. I mean, like the thing is, everything that I say is going to be pretty much specifically for my area and um, from your experience and from my experience. And it might not be as much as a guy that's been fishing for 50 years, but I think that it's a new way of fishing that is different from, I don't think anyone fishes the same way, the same way that I fish. Yeah. Or if they do, it's like, I don't think it's heard of. It's so, it's one of those things that's like, I fish so differently from a lot of people and I, and to the point that I, when I fish my areas and people are like, where are you? And even though they fish right in the same places that I do. It's because I fish completely differently than they do. Like, I could run up with my, like, you know, whatever, beginner to intermediate yeah, to that's whatever why, gear yeah. and to the same spot you would, and I might catch a couple schoolies mm-hmm. maybe, and yeah. that would be it. Yeah, and that's the thing, and I'm fishing the spot that, yeah, people have luck with those 25, 30-pound bass in that area. But nobody's catching... But nobody's catching those 40-pound bass. 50-inch yeah, bass type deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, oh, we got so close this season to getting on another 50 very close and that's the thing that's like incredible that i went from getting knowing that yeah there's bass up to 30 pounds around here because i've seen them and i've hooked into one and i lost it to then being like oh my gosh there's actually 50 pound bass around here mm-hmm. like that's like kind of like that realization of that and um and it's because i fish in these spots that are really well known mm-hmm. and but i fish them completely differently than everybody mm-hmm. so everybody that fishes kind of knows where i fish but at the same time, they they're like, I fish this area at this tide, and it's productive for me, mm-hmm. which is great because it's productive for you. Yeah. And they're catching 25, 30 pound bass there. Yeah. But I'm fishing it for one bite, and that one bite is gonna be a yeah. 40 pound bass. Yeah. Um. And so, it's it's difficult for a beginner to get to that point, and I actually stumbled upon that through because yeah. I'm so new. Yeah. You know, because I didn't learn from somebody that's been doing it for a while. Yeah. I stumbled upon it. Now I've so much more to learn. And that's of the course. thing. Yeah. And you learn so much more every single year that you're out and every second you're out on the water you you're learning something. Yeah. Um and that's why I hope that I can fish with some people in the future and they you know and I can learn different and really anybody that I fish with. But I would I don't fish with um anybody that really fishes a lot or mm-hmm. as much as I do. So, um, so the thing is like, I want to be able to learn from people that I don't, that I've never fished with before. Yeah. And, you know, it, but that's besides the point. What I really need to get into is, okay. So you're a beginner fisherman. Yeah. I want to catch fish like you, you, you want to catch fish like me. You, so in my mind, what I started with is pull, I would pull up to a beach and I would go onto the rock. Like, cause I figured out, and this is trial and error. And this is hopefully what happened is I found structure in my structure in my area was rocks mm-hmm. so i as soon as i started and when moving, you're saying structure you mean like pretty much rocky cliffs that go down to boulder fields yeah um and so off of a large like sandy, under the water yeah, yeah under the water off of like a sandy beach yeah um and the sandy beach has fish on it mm-hmm. but um that's where i've been fishing no yeah in, you know but, what i mean in the yeah, hypothetical yeah exactly so yeah. the sandy beach will have fish on it but i think there's more fish on the rocks so that's what I thought. This is my initial thought. And so I went out to the rocks and I'd only fish during the day because I hate fishing at night. And I yeah. s- till this day hate fishing at night. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, which is hilarious because I spend 90% of, of my the time life fishing, at, fishing night. at night. Regardless, we'll get um, into that. <laughs> so I, I fished during the day and I was like, I'd catch a bunch of schoolies, but I'd have to grind for one schoolie bass. And, um, I, one night, um, I remember uh, we, or it was actually an evening, we went down after dinner, um, and we were throwing bomber long A's, in, and it was windy, it was mid, it was probably late, um, mid-August, I'd say, it was mid-August, the wind was blowing in pretty strong um, from, I don't know where, but it was blowing in pretty strong, straight in, and um, we had these bombers, we kind of just walked up onto the first, just set of rocks that we could in that area 
and there's some big waves, but it was really seaweedy. Mm-hmm. So it was we were battling seaweed and we were battling massive waves, and um, we we're casting out in this area, casting out in this area, and I was like, okay, screw this, I need to get a diamond jig on or something. And this is before I even knew what a diamond jig was. We just happened to have one, and as I was switching up, my dad hooked into like a 30 pound bass or probably could have been more um he locked down uh his reel bass ran and ran and ran and ran and ran it couldn't it was an older reel it couldn't stop the fish um it wasn't like a like super old reel um and it had drag probably only had like 25 pounds of drag though and he had it like locked down the thing was absolutely screaming out drag and took him into the rocks and busted him off but i learned something very valuable that night and that was wind blowing straight in is super is a, a one ingredient for success. Now I think that if you have um, there's like probably five ingredients in total. If you have three out of the five, you have a pretty decent shot at getting a big fish. Um, if you have five out of the five, I can almost guarantee you'll catch a big fish. So and that's what I'll get into in a second. Um, so. That was incredible for for us because we've never really hooked a really big fish around here. But um, that story really, well, that time in that moment really made me um, like learn wind like was important. Now I didn't do that. I didn't like, and I in something that you need to, if you really want to start catching big fish, you need to start keeping a fishing log. Now I keep a fishing log, but it's super loose, and I know. It's just because I'm lazy and I don't write in it every single time I fish because I fish every single day and I can't imagine how long it would be if I wrote in it every single day, even though I should. Now, I use it online. I just use like in Word, like a Word doc. I'll just have it online. And so I can like type in the date and so I can go to the dates if I need to. Um, But it shows me... Uh, and the other thing you can do is if you're fishing in your area, you can actually take a screenshot of like Google Earth and you can put a like a, a circle exactly where you hook the fish um, so that you can you know exactly because a lot of the times the bass are sitting in the exact same spot every time. So wind was key. That was a really key moment in fishing for me is figuring out that wind was necessary for success. Now, um, I spent a lot of time fishing in an area that in that same area um i spent probably three years fishing that exact area and in each year i get more successful catching more keeper bass and more bass in general but um i started to get uh, frustrated because i couldn't get big fish now um we came out with a coastline documentary um and that year was actually last year and that year um i could that was the year i didn't catch very many big fish at all um and it was a horrible season for me. I caught nothing. I was feel like I was like an I was like below average or average fisherman catching up to like a handful of keepers. Um, uh, we caught more than a handful of keepers. We probably caught twenty five keepers in total. But um, but that's like not nothing for this year. I probably caught over fifty. Yeah. Um, and so it's just like it's one of those things that's like when you you fish in a same spot that you had luck once or twice sometimes that changes and a big big way that it changed was um we had that year um last year's winter um there was or not last year's i guess it's two years ago two years ago the winter the winter before last year's season yes the winter before two two years ago season though mm-hmm. yeah. um this is kind of hard to follow yeah. but um there was two or three absolutely massive nor'easters that blew through like completely like flooded 90% of Gloucester in that area, like underwater completely. Uh, And absolutely changed the beach structure 100%. There was, I've never seen this before, there was a sandbar and a trough and another sandbar in this area that never never existed before. It made the beach super flat and sandbar. So it went from being like like pretty steep drop off to it being like sandbars and stuff very flat the water would go all the way up to the retaining wall every single high tide mm-hmm. like it was insane and um it will and 
technically that would have been actually better structure. I didn't know that because I knew fishing on the rocks. Mm -hmm. So I only fished on the rocks and, um, which was kind of frustrating because now that I look back on it and now that I fished sandy beaches before and I see that there was beautiful rips coming out two sandbars with this, with cuts out in between them and the waves were just rocking out current in like you fish throw an eel in there at night gone instantly yeah. big fish yeah oh i just it just now i'm just looking back on it and i kicking myself because it was an opportunity that all the bass that would have been pretty big that were on the the rocks this past years were actually on the beach that yeah. year. most likely i have no idea it could have been nothing but um i was so pissed because i i really really wanted to fish uh i catch big fish that year and I just could not catch big fish and I got so frustrated with fishing because I'd fish every day and I couldn't get big fish and talk about putting in time you know then I fished probably upwards of 10 hours a day every day and um we catch maybe two to three schoolies yeah so that just puts into perspective how hard I was grinding um and then um so uh it, it's all about like I I started out in that same way now, um, towards the very end of that season, I fished, and I guess I'm kind of jumping around a little bit in time, but I, I, I actually would rather talk about um, water first. Um, okay, so we fished, I, towards, in sometime that year, um, or a year, we fished a spot and there was some white water crashing over it and everything. And, um, I was casting into this white water and I was catching bass every single cast. Um, and it, it, what would happen is if you'd either cast and there'd be a wave coming and it would just hit your lure and it would get blown out and you wouldn't be able to catch a fish. But if you waited for the wave to crash and then immediately cast behind it, you would catch a fish every time. So I was looking at that and I was like, huh, okay. So if there's some bigger waves, there seems to be a lot of fish around. And then we caught some bigger fish and we caught keepers and whatnot. The bigger the waves, the bigger the fish were seeming, seemingly being. And I mean, I fished this season, some of my best nights came in waves that were 10 feet high, mm -hmm. you know, where I was scared to be where I was. And I was bombing these eels out as far as I could and like sitting there holding on for dear life with these giant waves coming at my face, waiting for the eel to just get sucked up. Um, and so it's one of those things that like uh, when waves are equal big fish and that's just a fact because what happens is that the bass are in close looking for the bait fish that are getting disturbed by getting washed around in the waves because mm -hmm. uh, the bass are really big powerful fish have a huge tail are incredibly powerful and they they're designed they're like the perfect predator to be designed to live in the most harshest water conditions as far as like giant current and giant waves I mean, rip current that is going so fast. We, you know, I've took you through that area yeah. at low tide. Yeah. There's water during the new moon yeah. that when it's low tide, it's ripping so fast between those rocks. If you step down onto the rock, your foot gets launched. I mean, it's so, it rips so far, so hard across that, like so fast. And that's what it is. I mean, that's where the bass are set up and they're kicking really hard in there or they're behind a boulder and they're chilling and they're waiting for a bait for bait fish to get pushed over the top of them and they hit it. So waves equal some sort of a current. So waves, so like like you're looking for conditions wise, you're looking for big waves, and onshore wind onshore is wind. what we've talked about so, so far. far yeah. yeah. So we're looking for big waves and onshore wind. Now the reason I'm saying big waves, big waves and current are kind of the same thing, in my opinion. Now big waves generally equal some sort of a current. Um there's wave current, which is where the wave crashes and sucks back out. Yeah. Um, there's a name for that, but I, for, I'm just yeah. blanking on it right now. But uh, what happens is the wave crashes and sucks back out, creating a current. Now, that is kind of like a rip current, um, but not really, especially on the rocks. Uh, then the other thing is when you have, like, structure or boulders in, like, going along an area... And the water and the waves are crashing and kind of getting sucked through an area. Um, that's another good like attack point. Same thing as a sandbar. Yeah. It does the exact same thing. It's like a sandbar. It's a, a sandbar that can't get moved, moved during a big yeah. storm. Um, 
So you fish the same, like if you're fishing, um, so you're a brand new fisherman, mm -hmm. you're getting out there on the rocks, and I'm horrible at reading water. Yeah. I just kind of do it by instinct now. Yeah. Like I'll get out there, and if I'm fishing in a brand new spot, I'll get out there, and I'll look at a couple areas, and I'll be like, okay, um, this like to me looks fishy. And I can tell you really why, but it just looks fishy to me. And so I fished that area. Mm -hmm. And I went to a spot that I'd never fished before all season, towards the end of the season. And I caught a handful of like 15-pound bass mm -hmm. out of it. And it was another rocky area that I've never fished before the entire season. So it wasn't like I was doing super well in only one spot. There was a handful of spots around that held really, really big fish. And I know that not just me catching those fish, but I heard other guys around have been doing really well and catching really big fish off of similar structure to what I like to fish. Now, um, I I figured out that pattern of like having like the big waves and current creating like fish. So what I'm looking for right now is I'm a, you're a brand new fisherman. You want to get out there. You want to fish. You want to look for big waves and rocks. Now that this is a hard in an onshore wind. And these are hard conditions to fish in general mm -hmm. um, for a beginner it just fisherman. Takes, it just takes practice. It takes a lot of practice. So this is why it's one of those things that like you need to be extremely, extremely, extremely careful. Because then you implement doing it at night. So now you're doing, you have to deal with these the weather, which and you have to deal with the big waves. You have to deal with tricky conditions to walk on most of the time. Yep. And Basically, you have to have corkers. Yeah, cork. I mean, we talked about corkers in, yeah. in the first podcast. Any sort of like studs on your shoes, you need to have. If like, I didn't have those as a beginner fisherman, would that be one of the first things you would tell me to get? Yeah, literally, it's the most vital thing when yeah. you're fishing on rocks. Yeah. I mean, I don't care if you get the strap-on ones and you strap it onto your shoe, or you get you the, something. the actual yeah. ones, or you even screw in screws to the bottom of the soles of your shoes. Yeah. You need something like that, yeah. Because you will kill yourself on those rocks, yeah. Especially at night, yeah. So um, now we're going to implement a story about when I was fishing at night for the first time. I was fishing um, at night in an area off the rocks with a super strike darter, and um, the thing about a super strike darter is they kind of need current to work, but at the same time there was no current and it still worked. And um, it was the first time I ever really fished at night. Uh, I went to this area, I casted out the starter first cast, and this is when back when a like, keeper bass would have been amazing. Um, I reeled it into the rock, and I was just lifting it out of the water, and a big fish went, poof, swiped at it, and I missed, so I just pitched it back out again. And I reeled it back in, and then boom, I hooked onto the fish, and I kind of lifted them somewhat up onto the rock, and this was late fall, and it was like a 15-pound bass, and it just shook off and slid back into the water, unfortunately. But it was a big fish. Um, for me that at that point in my like fishing career I guess but um, but so that to me planted that seed saying if you fish at night you're gonna have a better shot at catching big fish um, and so really now if we want to recap we're talking on uh, waves on, and well rocks rocks I like rocks. It doesn't have to be doesn't rocks. Doesn't have to be rocks. I like structure that is easy to read. Structure. 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 Yes. Um, the uh, waves and current. Yes. Onshore wind. Yes. Fishing at night. Fishing at night. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So now for the fifth and final important, important like thing is presenting the right lure to the fish. Yeah. This is um, something that can be really easy. Or it can be really difficult. Now, um, sometimes the bass are keyed in on a bait fish that is almost impossible to mimic. Mm -hmm. um, but most of the time, they're keyed in on a bait fish that is pretty easy to mimic. Now, the other so you can fish plugs. I really like swimming plugs. I mean, I've talked about you know the the jointed swimmers. I've talked about that's not one there. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. yeah the jointed swimmer uh, is a, is a favorite of mine at night. Um, if you're watching on the video podcast, this is a Pumba jointed swimmer. Swimmer, um, uh, I mean, we caught I caught, we caught some 35 pounders on this this year. Yeah, like absolutely giant fish. Unfortunately, the biggest one that we ever caught on this plug, we didn't get a picture of. But um, we caught like a a really large fish on this plug. But mm -hmm. we were in the mix in the midst of a 
absolutely an epic bite, so we unhooked and released it instantly. Yeah. Um, so, but we've hooked some absolute monsters on this plug. We've lost some absolute monsters on this plug, but um, I really like throwing large profile baits at fish just because you'll catch a 15-inch bass on this. And that's not even an exaggeration. You could catch a 15-inch bass on a, like, how big is this? Probably a half a foot to a foot long yeah. plug. It's yeah. bigger than a half a foot. Yeah, right? it's, it's like a foot long. It's a foot long plug. And you could catch a you could catch a 15-inch um, bass on this easily. <laughs> easily. They'll do it. I've seen them. I've seen catch. I mean, it's it extraordinary. Looks um, it looks so funny. It is, because they'll at least hit it, you know, because it's that's their, just their instinct. But it does make it um, more worthwhile for a big fish to eat this yeah so they see this slowly swimming like injured bunker kind of going through this the the water and then they they hit it you know a big fish is going to whack it and um wow these are sharp hooks yeah i know i almost hooked myself when i handed um, it to you um so how do you when you say like you need to match you need to match the bait to what the fish are keyed in on mm-hmm. how do you know what the fish are keyed in on are is it like yeah so there's one thing that you can do, and you can look up bait charts for different times of year. Okay. I've tried to find one for around me. Couldn't find one. Okay. The other thing you can do is you can catch bait. You can you with knowledge of fishing um, in your area, you'll understand what bait you have. Yeah. Whether it be sand eels or whether it be mackerel or bunker. Or, you just have to do is you do your homework. Yeah, you kind of have out. to do your homework, and a lot of it comes with experience of learning what baits in your area. But generally, if you throw a big profile bait. At, in a spot that at night with that current onshore wind and you're fishing at night um, and in has good structure which is uh, which could be a sandbar uh, could be a boulder field on a sandy beach could be um, an, like a some boulders with water moving through the middle of them uh, so there's lots of different types of structure I don't really fish estuaries that much so I couldn't really tell you estuaries I know that like current breaks in estuaries where if it's zigging and zagging and you have a little zag that like sticks out a little bit mm-hmm. and uh the current's going to be kind of going along the front part of that um and it's going to create this little eddy uh which a lot of the times the big fish will be sitting in same thing you can throw large profile baits in estuaries and still catch big fish but if you want to throw the number one biggest big bass producing lure ever and it's not really even a lure it's uh, live eel <laughs> live eels uh, is pretty much the proving ground of any spot so if you want to go test out a spot and hopefully you can throw an eel because eels are super super hard to cast and they're an absolute pain in the ass and i keep saying i'm gonna do a, uh, podcast, video, a podcast on, on eels, eels and but, it'll happen and it will happen but i kind of trying to wrap my head around how i do it so it's just amazing yeah um i'm just setting this back down it's gonna make a lot of noise i apologize um okay so, so we'll recap. Recap again. Structure, structure. waves in waves, waves slash, slash current. current, onshore wind. Yes. Um. Onshore wind. What was the fourth one? Um, <laughs> oh my god! No, no, no. Onshore wind. Red. The last one we just did was was, was matching um, profile to matching profile, fishing at night. Fishing, fishing at, at night. night. Fishing at night. Yes. Fishing at night. I can't believe we forgot yeah. that. Structure, waves and current. Onshore wind, fishing at night, um, um, and matching, matching profiles, profiles of bait. Of bait. Um, I like throwing large profiles of bait in general. Yeah, I think that's an easy way to cheat and catch big fish because generally, bass are feeding on, especially big bass, don't want to catch eat, eat little bait. They want to eat something that's worthwhile to yeah. eat because they spend most of their time just hanging out behind a rock in structure. You know, they're kind of just they're super they're pretty lazy fish. Now, if they if you give if you present them with the opportunity to eat a large profile bait and they have an all day, I've seen them do some pretty acrobatic things to get it. Um, but a lot of the time they're just sitting behind a rock just waiting, you know, for something to go across their nose. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you can do that first cast. Um, I've talked about in a podcast one time I was eeling in the spot and I first eel I grab so I grab the eel out of the bag, hook it through the head. I pitch it out just into the water, just maybe a foot off the rock, reel up my slack quickly so it doesn't tangle me as why. So eels tangle up your line all the time. It's just a way. This is what happens. The best way to do is just throw them in water and give them some slack and they just swim around. Um, 
And sometimes if you if you have a tide pool, it makes it a lot easier. So you can just let them go in the tide pool and you can get yourself oriented before you cast. Um, or you just pitch it out into the water right beside you. Let them like swim around as you gather yourself, reel it up. So what I did is I pitched it out, gathered up my line, quickly lifted it out of the water, cast it out into my spot, gathered my line up onto the line roller of my van stall, took literally two cranks, and I felt the taps, hooks it immediately, and it was on a 40-pound bass. Wow. So, uh, which is, in, in like, so that's what it could be. Yeah. Or we've had nights where I took him out. This was first night of the season. I had to talk up eels so much to him to He's get him to elite, fish. Yeah. He was like, he was not having it, but I eventually broke him down. He came out. Yeah. And I said, I, I feel really good about this. It's a, it's a new moon. You know, there are big fish around because you got We haven't talked about moon day. phase at all yet, but let's That's, I guess, that's... I can't believe I forgot about moon phase. Yeah. That's probably number six. I was yeah. had these in my brain and I just blanked on moon phases. Yeah. That's that's probably not if the number one most important thing. Well, we'll talk about um, it in a second. Just yeah, finish the story. But, so I finally break break him down. I get him out. We talked about the story in a podcast, but he we fished for, I don't know, two hours and we fished both sides of the high tide mm-hmm. and he um, eventually hooked into a 40-pound bass. Um Okay, but moon phases, so I can't believe I forgot this. Now I feel like such an idiot, but um, moon phases are the number one most important thing. It's so important that you almost took it for granted. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so crazy. So what I'm talking about is the two, really, in my opinion, the two most important things out of them is the wind and the moon phase. Now, people could disagree with this. For you, with your experience. For my experience, because I feel like if I, in in one of my spots... I could fish that at dead low tide, you know, with... An a, onshore wind and a good moon? No, no, with an offshore wind, okay. which is bad wind, mm-hmm. and a new moon, and still catch a big fish. Mm-hmm. You know, just because I think that, like, the new new or full moon, either side moon phase just makes the bass So that's hungry. it. It's just, like, how many days around a full moon and a new moon does it affect it, you think, roughly? I I like to say within... Two days before and two days after. So, like, if you have a four-day window yes. around the new moon and the full moon, mm-hmm. that impacts fishing. Yes. And this is, in, in, like, for me, this is pretty much the number one most important key. If you fish around a new moon or a full moon, you're that it just makes it so much easier to catch big fish. Yeah. It just, it just does. Instead of, like, maybe getting one big fish moving through there a night, you could get, like, 15. Mm-hmm. So, it's one of those things that it just makes it, like completely completely better that's what i'm saying if you generally have a new moon and then two of it, anything out of the other any of the other any um, of the other five five you will get a pretty decent shot at a big fish so now this could be different for your location so this is what's worked for me in my location mm-hmm. now i know that if you're fishing on a sandy beach and there's current the good current is moved from left to right you want a wind that's moving from left to right that's gonna be best because it's gonna increase the current speed. So that's really so that's there's important. new there's nuances to a lot of it. Exactly. Um, but you're just coming from the perspective of instructing somebody mm-hmm. who's trying to like yeah. up their game, you know? Yes, and I'm also going from the perspective of I like to fish off of rocks. Yeah. So I like big wind, big onshore wind generally means bigger waves, generally means pushing in bait, generally means more current, generally means there's gonna be big fish there. Yeah. So um that's why I'm saying what I'm saying. And I can't believe I forgot about moons. Now I'm like... No, mad, so it's, like, it's, it's fine though. Uh, so, so all right. So I come to you and you say, you say, moon yes. is the most important. Most important thing, yes. Fishing off of the rocks. Well, it doesn't need to be the rocks. Yeah, okay. any, so moon and wind, two most important. Moon, onshore wind. wind. Then I'm going to say the second most important thing is the bait. Bait, yes. like matching, matching bait profile. Matching bait profile. Eels help a lot. If you can cast an eel to where you think there's a big fish... You're gonna catch that okay. big fish if it's there. All right. Then what? What fishing at night or fishing at night is probably the second most second most, is the fourth fourth, fourth most, most important. important thing. Um. Then like uh, waves and current or oh. would it be? Oh my god! It's it's yeah. hard to tell. It's waves and current and fishing at night are kind of equal. Equal. You would say, say. important. Um. And because then... you can still catch a giant fish in broad daylight. I mean, I can get into another story where. Um, I was fishing, it was 12 o'clock, it was 85 degrees, it was clear, it was hot. Mm-hmm. We were fishing, I was fishing in 
we were actually you were snorkeling. Mm-hmm. I brought a small rod with light with like lighter line on it, catch to catch schoolies because it was perfect conditions and it was yeah. one of my favorite tides. And I'm like, what, what the hell? I'm gonna throw a yeah. a pencil and see what happens. And of course, I hooked like a 40 inch bass and it took me into the rocks and broke me off. Yeah. And I was super salty about that. And so I've so that just further made me want to exclusively use heavy and we can talk about gear in a second gear is going to be talked about in a second and i feel like everything's a little bit different as far as gear goes i don't have my my gear that i really like with me upstairs it's fine we can just discuss in general in general um but okay so and then the only last thing that you had listed before is structure yeah and so like in that in that order being moon onshore wind matching bait profile Structure okay. fishing at night. So I think okay, here you go. Here's the actual order. Okay? okay. So actual order. Moon phase. Moon phase. Most important. Most important. Followed by fishing following fishing Fe- and onshore wind. Onshore wind. Most important. Second most structure. important. Structure, third most important. Honestly, I would actually put I keep switching this okay. around. But I would put moon phase, structure, structure onshore wind, wind, um fishing at night fishing at and night. then fishing um Bait, yeah, fishing bait at night and bait matching bait profiles. Matching bait profiles is pretty important. Pretty important. Yeah, and then um, uh, fishing at night, matching bait profiles, and then like uh, uh, whatever it was, waves. You waves, know, like yeah. wave, waves, waves and current. current. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so those are those are like some serious like technique tips that yeah. would we should have written, that written would this down game. before we started. It's fine. Whatever. It's fine. That would up your game. So yeah. So and that's. Basically, only thing that you would need if you have average, yeah. if you have nobody, if you have average gear, in order to start executing that, yeah. the only real thing you need to go out and buy right away are corkers yes. or some sort, sort of, of grip. Stuff. You so could go you as far as getting a pair of old hiking boots and drilling, and drilling or not even drilling, screwing, screwing uh, a, a, a just normal small like screw into the bottom of your but, shoe, but a, but a screw with a with a spike tip on the end, like yeah. for like. Like not not just a threaded screw that you put into an already piled yeah, hole. Yeah, like that's a, preferred. But you threaded screw wouldn't be the worst in the world. No, no, no. I'm saying like help. it can't be flat. Is what I'm, like it, 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 would, it would help. It would help, but it wouldn't be wouldn't be as ideal. good as like a one with yeah, a pointed with tip. The pointed on the tip. End. It yeah. will get dulled down way quicker than if you get actual corkers. corkers. Yeah. Um. But you, it trust you need some sort of a studded shoe or in at least get felt on your shoes and that's least. really not gonna do and that's much. not gonna do much unless the rock is like not covered in seaweed yeah but um and like super smooth yeah but that will at least give you a, a little, little bit, bit more um but other than that you basically could start doing those things with beginner gear yes the only thing that you would say though is that your mm-hmm. chances of getting broken off like you were just saying are much are much, much, much higher, higher unless you make some serious gear adjustments or you're fishing on a sandy beach yeah. So if you're fishing on a sandy beach, you can go super light. Yeah. Or in an estuary. Yeah. Um, you can generally go pretty light. Yeah. Uh, if you're fishing on with any sort of like structure, whether it be a muscle bed or yeah. it be rocks or really anything like okay. that, you'll have it, it. You need to have much stronger line. Okay. So now that you've now that I've got my corkers yes. and I have my gear and say I have you know however much money I have to like spend but I mm-hmm. want to I want to start I want to prioritize what's going to like what's going to be most helpful earlier yeah. on you know what I mean so let's just sort of think in broadly before we break broadly. it down like what what the main categories of like gear are you have your rod yes. obviously yeah. you have your your reel, your reel. yeah your line yes. set up will include your line, leaders will include leaders. leaders in line sort of yeah. the same thing your line set up yeah. and then um and then and then you have like bait basically yeah. like and that that could be like lures or hooks or whatever yeah, you know yeah. what i mean okay so in those categories i'm not talking about outerwear or bags or boga grips or yeah. anything like that because you can get away with that stuff if yes. you really had no. to yeah you could um like what would you start attacking first? So if I want to go, I honestly, so I could be people could disagree with me, but you could, you, a, your reel is probably the most important thing, uh, because you, even you, even more important than your line. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it is because so you can't really have one is, without the other. Yeah, yeah. So your reel is the most important thing that you need. Now the thing about reels is we've gone over this in other podcasts. We'll but, say it again, but we'll say it a little bit again. Yeah. Um, the thing about reels is that like you you want to put you want to uh, yeah I have these two back here. Um, I prefer 
this one okay. honestly for like most of my applications it's gonna be bad on the I'm like all tangled up in a hook for crying out loud and this is like super tangled up yeah too. We, you try to you, I'm trying to untangle yeah there we the go thing. there right, we go for the video all podcast right. okay you're good okay so if I was to suggest for a beginner a reel I would suggest the pen battle three or is this two I don't know what it is pen Regardless. battle two it's pen battle two five thousand size reel because this has incredible incredible drag just let me crank this down um try to spin the spool on this no like hold it try to spin the spool on this you can't no, no exactly way. so this is a this is under a hundred dollar this is probably 75 dollar reel right now yeah so i can i can look it up yeah. real quick just look up pen battle two five thousand um uh, so the so this is a very for what it is. Hold on, just stop talking for a okay. second. Can you put it into the? Just stop talking for a second, just because I need to. Um... Yeah, you were right. Let me hold on. There um, you go. So it's like under a hundred dollar reel, basically. Yeah, just under a hundred bucks. But it's a right. great, great reel. All right, how much is it? No, I'm gonna switch back. I mean, like Amazon, eBay, whatever. You could get it for like between like a hundred and maybe like seventy bucks, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, so, but it's it has smooth drag. It has um, it has smooth drag. Uh, it holds a lot of line, and it um, has it can has a lot of drag. Uh, it's not sealed. That's your one kind of flaw to it, but the customer service of Pen is really good. So if it does explode, Pen generally does a really good job of uh, helping you fix it for free. Mm -hmm. um, this is why I think it's one of the best. Like this is why whenever anybody asks me what reel should I use, and I ask like, are you looking for like a good reel for cheap? Or are you looking for a good reel like the best reel you can get type thing? And they, mm -hmm. if they want a cheaper reel, this is what I'll suggest any day of the week because it's a cheap reel. But it does bang an, for your buck. It's yeah. an absolute like yeah. it is so good. It's yeah. like like if I'm not fishing with my van stall, I'm fishing with this. Yeah. Um. So this is a great reel uh, because it has really strong drag. Um. It is very smooth in general. It has smooth drag and it can hold a lot of line. And I put fifty pound braid on this. Um. I wouldn't go lighter than thirty. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So. But when I'm but but in I'm, order to not go lighter than thirty minimum, you mm -hmm. need a reel that can handle enough enough line, line. of that caliber. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So um, update the reel first is what you're saying. Update the reel first because you can and this is not what you should do. I in a perfect world you spend a hundred dollars on a reel and a hundred dollars on a rod. Mm -hmm. That's in a perfect world. Now if you want to uh, if you want to um, not spend a hundred dollars on both things. I would spend a hundred dollars on a reel. I would buy a cheap rod, like an ugly stick like rod, something mm -hmm. that just is indestructible, uh, and hopefully can cast what you're throwing. Because mm -hmm. uh, you're, I would love at least throw three ounces. Is what I'm saying. Okay. Like at least throw three ounces because I, in my opinion, throwing large profile baits is going to get you those bigger fish or throwing eels. Because at the end of the day, you don't need the power th your rod helps a ton to moot turn a fish so when you're fighting a really big fish and it's heading in a spot you don't want it to go if you have an absolute like noodle of a rod you're not going to be able to and you're trying to like turn the head of the fish yeah you're it's, not gonna be able it's to do just it. gonna the rod's just gonna bend down like that and you're gonna have the rod like behind your shoulder in like in a, like an o yeah. or like a u shape because it's not gonna like do anything uh when trying to turn it yeah um so that's why you want to rod with a little bit of a backbone in a perfect world you can get like a uh so if i'm trying to do this for as cheap as i can yeah you you say all I'm, in you like like 100 bucks on a reel yes 100 bucks on a rod. a rod of some sort of like ugly stick situation no, no i'm not saying don't buy an ugly don't stick. buy an ugly i'm stick. saying if you weren't if you wanted to spend under if if you wanted to spend like 130 dollars on your rod and reel setup yeah Buy buy this. Yeah. Buy either like a combo of a pen battle two and like one of the combos they sell yeah. for it, which is probably pretty cheap. 
or buy a super cheap, really like a rod that you can, that is super like not going to break on you. Yeah. And then you can, if you necessary, point the rod kind of at where the fish is yeah. and just crank it in. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, yeah. you'll at least be able to reel in the bass yeah. and have the mind, the like peace of mind that you have heavy you can add, you have a lot heavy of drag, drag and yeah. you have a lot of heavy line. Yeah. Um, and I, I honestly want to test like, this is like, if I have a good season, like I had last season, I want to try fishing, um, super, super cheap and seeing if I can land a really big yeah. fish um, just as a test. And then, um, and then, and then the old, and then the only other thing would be like, um, Making sure you're throwing a three ounce a three ounce lure of some kind. It doesn't need to be three ounces. I'm just saying that like have your rod up to three ounces. Okay. Uh, because um, if you're throwing like this is like I don't know probably close to four, but if you're throwing something like this um, of the jointed swimmers, they're pretty heavy. But yeah. if you're throwing like a pencil, it's like two and a half ounces. Or if you're throwing eels, which can be pound. Yeah. I've thrown a pound eel before, which caught absolutely massive fish. Yeah. So that gets me into like, in a perfect world, I yeah. would have a sealed reel. Now you can get the, the what is it, the Penn Spin Fisher series reels, which are there. That would be like the on the cheaper end of um, sealed reels. Yeah. Uh, or if you're gonna go expensive, I'd go with a Van Stall. Um, then I would say for rods, if you want an expensive rod, we've gone over this, so I'm not really gonna go in depth. Yeah, in depth. You can go either with a Saint Croix. Yeah. Uh, rod which can vary in prices but they're about like two to five hundred dollars um then you can and then and you can either in my like opinion if you want to go for really nice higher end rods go with either a lamaglass gsb series rod or a lot of the lamaglass surf fishing rods are great or uh the century rods have great rods as far as like a lot of their rods are more high-end rods and they're really great as well um so go with like yeah. one of those companies, um, and you want to, and you want you, you want, want something that. 30, well, I'm just saying, and then and, and line wise, you want like so that's the whole 50 thing. Pound braid. Probably. You don't need the rod to say oh, it's, it might say it's rated for 50 pound braid or for like yeah. 30 pound braid, but I would go, I would be comfortable going 20 pounds heavier than what it's it, it says. recommends. Yeah, um, that's what I'm like. I don't know what this is rated for if it says it on it, but this is. Um, yeah, 15 to 40 pound line. So I would be comfortable going up to 60 pound line on this. Yeah. Uh, but I would go to What is that just just for, for... What is this? Yeah. Oh, this is the Century... Um, what the heck? I am so bad with remembering things. This um, is the Century... Stealth? Stealth, yeah. yes. This is a Century Stealth uh, 10 to 6 inch... 10 foot 6 inch lure from 2 to 5 ounces. Yeah. So I'm talking... If you want a perfect world scenario... Uh, anything from like two to five or like two, in that two to park. four yeah. is like, in my opinion, perfect. Yeah. Uh, because I throw absolutely massive eels and absolutely massive um, lures. Yeah. So I want heavy stuff. And I've had people that ask me, oh, that's going to be way too heavy. He doesn't need that. I do. I mean, I've thrown rods that can throw up to 10 ounces. Mm -hmm. And I'm throwing a pound eel on that. I'm yeah. talking about an eel that is like that long. Python. Yeah, they're crazy how big those eels are. And the crazy thing is I actually save them. So I caught, um, I have an eel that's huge, and I caught like a 40-pound bass on it. You still have it? I still have the eel in the fridge. The freezer. The freezer. Okay. We're, we're going to rig it on a podcast. Okay. Or, or I, have two, I have two massive ones, but yeah. we're going to rig the big one on the podcast. Like 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 doing it live? We're doing it live. Wow. I'm going to yeah. rig the big eel live on a podcast. I'm kind of waiting for us to move into the fishing shed yeah, to before do we do that. Yeah, because doing it in your bedroom is not really necessarily the best idea. Yeah, that would be kind of... <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, we talked about kind of a little bit about gear um, as far as like we talked... And there's we did Ron Reel talk. Yeah. Um, so in, in podcasts. So yeah. So like bringing it home to what we were originally talking about about stepping up your game. Yeah. Following the moon phase and the five tips that yeah. you gave. Well, um, moon phase is it six? I guess yeah. Well, it's six, six including the moon phase. Moon so phase. moon phase and then the five, five things we talked yeah. about. Mm -hmm. Um, and then getting yourself a pair of corkers. Yes. Before you do anything. Yes. Then worry about your reel. Yeah. 
worry and then and in like okay so if you're fishing on a sandy beach you don't need corkers no well. exactly but, but if you're fishing we're talking rocks, about upping your game and if you're yeah. gonna up your game part of that is giving getting access to fishing on, fishing rocks. on rocks and fishing in big surf in uh, bad conditions bad conditions at night, at night with stuff. wind and waves and so rain just, just do yourself so, favor and get a yeah. pair of corkers and then okay so now we're, i guess if we're going to talk about a little bit about gear i've had questions uh, what, people have asked. I was me. just doing a quick. I was just doing a quick recap oh, of like what, what we just what we already talked about. Okay. So and so once you get yourself a pair of corkers, yeah. Worry about upgrading your reel if you have money yeah. to do that. We already mentioned w- w- what you can go for pen battle. You know, if you really want to get in depth about reels, look at the Real Talk podcast, um, which yeah. might or might not will definitely be out by the time this comes out. <clears> but um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that's that gets in depth in that. But then, I think it's already out. Yeah, and then. Um, uh, and then you know, make sure you have the appropriate weight weight line. Nothing yes. lighter than thirty pounds. I would yeah. Make exactly. sure your rod can handle can handle what you're throwing and mm-hmm. and the line you're using. Yes. And then obviously, if you can afford it, you buy the best quality you can. Yeah. So buy the best that you can afford. Yeah. That's really and that's the motto in fishing in general. Yeah. Buy because, the best you can afford. Because as a rule of thumb, that because pays off. It does. It definitely definitely does because you're gonna convert strikes into. And like you're gonna convert losing a lot of big fish to landing a lot of big. Would fish. you say that? So if if I have the like my my like intermediate like gear that I've got mm-hmm. right now, and you tell me those five tips, I go get myself a pair of corkers right yeah. off the bat. Yeah, and then I go out and I start trying trying to use some of the advice you gave me. Yeah, would you would you recommend me going out trying to use some advice you, you gave me? And if if I start finding success and be like, oh, I see what he's talking about, I'm starting yeah. to figure it out, then you can start seriously like mm-hmm. investing money into upgrading you know, your gear. It sucks because I wish I could bring every every one of everybody out. Yeah, you know, I wish I could bring everybody out that yeah. is following me on Instagram. I wish I could bring everybody out and show yeah. them exactly what I do. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's such like to me, I had such. A, oh, I got something. It's fine. Um, I got such a hard. I had such a hard time uh, when I first started out um fishing um and catching really big fish yeah um and so i and i know the struggle of doing yeah. that um and i know what it's like when you're going out there day after day and you're getting nothing yeah um but uh the the thing is if you uh if you do grind it out and you do try to implement the what I'm saying, mm-hmm. the rules of thumb, as we'll yeah. call it, yeah. and you tweak it for where you're fishing. If you're fishing in a spot that's a giant sandbar, like yeah. Cape Cod, for example, yeah. there's definitely rips and stuff around Cape Cod. I fish them. I know there's giant fish that are not in the canal. Yeah. So um, try going and fishing those rips, yeah. trying to implement the onshore wind. I went to the Cape the yeah. other week, and I've never fished anything but the canal in the Cape. Yeah. Or maybe I fished the Brewster Flats once, but... Um, I had the wind blown straight into me, and we we or we went to where the wind was blowing straight in. We walked down the beach. We found a rip. We fished the rip and caught fish. Yeah, you know it was as simple as that. I've never fished that spot in my life, and it's in a completely new scenario. That's the other thing I want to do is next year's. So we're gonna do a lot more travel. I mean, I'm gonna do a lot traveling. more traveling and fishing all around the coast because I want to be able to put out the best content for you guys to watch. And I know that um, everybody. There's not, I know that I have a huge, a lot of people that view this as, a lot of you guys are in New York mm-hmm. and New Jersey, and so I want to go fish New York and New Jersey, yeah. not in the spring. Because I yeah. do in the spring, I'll go down there, I fished Sandy Hook, New Jersey um, yeah. last April, and I we had like a 15, 20 fish day, you yeah. know, having never been there before, yeah. at the beginning of the season, um, and uh, it was great because we got bass up to like 27 inches mm-hmm. like the first day and it was awesome. We had light tackle and they were pulling a lot of drag and there was good current. Um, so so to, just to sort of start wrapping it up. I We lost a few questions. If yeah, I yeah, yeah. Um, we, can, we'll, we can check that in a sec. But actually, you, you, you want to check them while I'm, yeah. while I'm recapping. So yeah. follow the tips, get yourself a pair of corkers and just start getting out there and doing it. When when you start feeling like oh I get I'm starting to get this and I'm starting to figure out like what he's talking about about this about using these techniques and using these tips then then and you and you feel like you're having some success then if you got the money just start buying start start with a reel and start upgrading your kit to the point where 
um, you're able to handle you're able to handle some more serious fish, and that'll just up your chances of actually landing stuff. And then you're off to the races at that yeah. point. Then then you're at the point where it's just reps. It's just mm-hmm. grinding it out. And the more the more time you can spend out there, yeah. the better. So yeah, and exactly. And once you figure it out, you really figure it out. Yeah. So if you go out there and you're you you've been grinding in your spots and you're not catching any big fish, then I'd say explore. Mm-hmm. So do some more explore exploration when it comes to fishing and try to find some some more spots. Mm-hmm. Um but once you figure out, okay, there's some decent sized fish, and I'm talking about 35 inch bass, you know, not huge. Yeah. Generally, there's some big fish mixed in. Like yeah. if there's a 35 pound, uh, 35 inch bass there, there's going to be a 35 pound bass there too. Yeah. So really try and fish these spots that might not produce large fish, but um, now or you've caught up, you know, there's good bites there. Try to fish them at night if you haven't before. Try to fish them with eels if you haven't before, mm-hmm. um, if you can. And generally, that should pull a bigger fish. Yeah. And I hope that this actually helps somebody catch one. Even if I can help one of you guys get onto some bigger fish. Yeah, because it's, it's pretty special. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Anything? I got one. All right, what do we got? When do you usually catch your first schoolie of the spring? All right, so for where I am on uh, the in Cape Ann. We um, did there we did a podcast that will be out at this point. Yeah. Like, obviously, when this person asked this question, it wasn't out yet, I don't think. But it? yeah, because oh. it's coming. Oh, it, is coming. it, it wasn't yeah, out yeah. yet. But there's a fall versus spring, whole hour long podcast about fishing shoulder seasons. Yes, yeah, that should be out. Uh, should it, there's something in there about that? But you can answer. Yeah, it yeah. but I answer it right now. So um, I know this will be answered. But um, I catch my first schoolie of the spring, May first, generally around May first. Yeah, around May first, within three days before and three days after. Literally, it's like clockwork. Yeah. Um, so. But you know, we're depending on where you are. I mean, yeah, when like we're in April, I guess first school of the spring was probably April what fifteenth uh, or eighteenth, something like that. Yeah, but 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 like sixty miles south, they're going to be catching them earlier, and yeah. sixty miles north, they're going to be catching them later. It just depends on where you are. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, but where I am, it's May first. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I start getting, and we went into this in one of the podcasts, when I start catching my biggest fish, it is around. Um, like end of May, early June. Yeah. Um, and then I was going to talk about, because I talked about this in a podcast before, or one that came out in that spring versus fall, just yeah. remind me of this, um, which I'm going to go over and touch briefly. Um, when I'm talking about, um, I, I talked about this in a podcast that actually inspired this. I hear a lot of people say, oh, there's no more fish, no more big fish in um, Rhode Island or no more big fish in New yeah, Jersey. Yeah, we can end on this, um, on this note. I, I I hate when people say this, and I've not fished Rhode Island, I've not fished New Jersey, but I said the same thing about here. You know, I said, oh, there's no f- big fish around here. You know, we're I'm in some small town in mm-hmm. on the coast. There's no there's no big fish around here, um, and I was completely wrong. Clearly, because I had a huge amount. I bass almost up to fifty pounds this season. Yeah. So, um, trying to, uh, trying to like figure your there's trying to be able to figure out your spot to catch big fish is possible just follow you just follow the techniques follow the techniques create your own use bits and pieces of what i'm saying to um influence what you're doing you're doing at least hopefully i'm sparking some like breakthroughs breakthroughs other thing i want to talk about is go on google earth after this podcast is over look through um where you live and i'm saying don't look. Don't look further than twenty miles from where you are, unless you're like way really far away from the coast. coast. Yeah. But like, if you otherwise, you can pretty much go wherever you want. But like, if you're net on the coast, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about like, or like, don't travel too far. Yeah. You if you have, can travel in a straight line to the beach. Yeah. And it takes you twenty five minutes. Yeah. Th- within and it, and. Just look up and down that area. And there should be, and I almost guarantee you that there are 40 pound fish in that area. And it's, it's crazy to say, but I've seen, you know, but that's, I talked about this in the, in the, in a podcast earlier, I was in the Harbor, the inner Harbor, and I saw 40 pound bass blitzing on adult bunker Mm -hmm. in the inner Harbor. Yeah. So it just puts into perspective of where, like there are big fish everywhere. It's just a matter. It's just of, a matter of being able to find where they are. There's not as many as there was, yeah. but they're all around. The fact that a guy 
like 100 miles offshore can get a 40 pound bass and you can get it in a foot of water yeah you know save the gas yeah exactly <laughs> i don't know, you know it's one of those things that like yeah. there, there there are a lot of big fish around you know find good structure Mm-hmm. And, gem, I mean, and those use, those six and tips, those six tips, and then also, and just just, and then it's just reps. Yeah, it's just getting used really. to it. You getting better at recognizing what's good, and yeah. your techniques getting better. Because I'm not super good at like telling you exactly what's good about a spot, but I can go to a spot and be in like when I'm at that spot, be like, this looks good. Yeah, you know, because I fished a spot, or I went, I found a spot on Google Earth. You know, I was like, this looks really good. Went there, I was like, wow, this looks super fishy. And then I had that confirmed by someone that it is super fishy. And so, and I didn't even know that that was a fishy spot. I just stumbled upon it. So go look Google Earth. Go look on Google Earth. It there It is going to work out. Um, but the other thing that I want to talk about is don't travel to f- and don't follow reports. Because mm-hmm. why why spend hours on the road when you can spend those hours learning your home water yeah. and have be as productive? And a great story about that is I went to the canal not to catch, I did get to go to the, the canal to catch big fish, but I went to the canal to test out some plugs, some topwater lures at the canal. Um, I And it was on a new moon and I thought I was going to catch some big fish. I was excited to do it. But then I went home and that night I caught a 45 pound bass. Wow. So I, in, like in my spot, it was the perfect time. I was like, in perfect wind. I was like, I can't not go out. I'm going to catch a big fish. Yeah. Went out, caught a big fish. Yeah. So don't travel because I spent four hours on the road that day where I could have caught a big fish five minutes away from yeah. where I live. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. So a lot of things to think about on this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for the questions as always. Yeah. That's what sparked exactly. It. Keep, keep asking questions. Um, uh, we got to figure out like a, like a closing, a closing, like a closing, uh, remark or whatever that we what? always do, you know, like a tagline or something. That's, I don't know. We'll just, figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the pot and are enjoying the podcast. I mean, I've seen it's been doing pretty well, and I think that I'll just keep doing doing them as long as people enjoy them. Yeah. Um, and um, I I guess thank you guys for watching, and we will see you or next time next time on the next podcast. Yep.